Hey everybody and welcome to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 16. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. Great to be here every Tuesday afternoon as we talk all the latest in the world of rugby league and I give my tips for the upcoming weekend of football action. Last weekend was a celebration of everything rugby league with our representative round for 2022. There were some great international fixtures, the women's state of origin and the under-19 state of origin games before the main event on Sunday night. That's right, the New South Wales Blues were dominant in victory over the Queensland Maroons, 44-12, which sets up a historic game-free decider up there at Suncorp. The Blues were fantastic on Sunday night. And, you know, the first half, I was a bit worried. As a Blues fan, I don't think we'll see the best out of the Blues team. And it felt very much like it was an NRL game in terms of spectacle, in terms of six agains getting blowed. And we had sin bins and... You know, it just didn't have that usual origin intensity for me. But in the second half, the Blues came out and just tore Queensland apart. I mean, Nathan Cleary, absolutely superb. He had his best game in the origin arena, his best game in the representative arena, and probably one of his best games he's ever had in his life. Two tries, two try assists, great kicking game. It was phenomenal stuff. And, you know, he was helped by the debutant in Matt Burden, who another one that had a fantastic game. There, um, you know, it was a great debut. One to remember, a try, try assist, some huge kicking plays, which, you know, has set the rugby league world alight. And, you know, it's just a good bounce back all around for the New South Wales team. I mean, bringing back some old heads in Jake Trojevich and Angus Crichton really helped the cause. And I really feel like, unlike game one, New South Wales controlled that ruck. And, you know, while Queenslanders might maintain that it had something to do with Brad Fittler you know, speaking to the referee before the game, the match was adjudicated, in my opinion, fairly towards both teams. And Queensland did take advantage near the beginning of the game, tries to Munster and Felice Cafusi got him on top early. But you could just feel like New South Wales were never out of that game. I mean, take out a couple of poor defensive reads by guys like Jerome Luai and Stephen Crichton, who were both guilty of it in the first half. Uh, Queensland scored those tries, but could never really get into a rhythm because... You know, the Blues, with their talent, have really shown for, uh, shined bright on Perth um, in, in Optus Arena last weekend. And, you know, if they're not winning the ruck battle, Queensland, and it doesn't matter how much heart they can play with, they're not winning that ruck battle. Um, and guys like Jake Torovich and, and Angus and Liam Martin and Cam Murray, all those guys are uh, able to control the momentum of the game. Then nine times out of ten, the talent with the New South Wales spine and and their backs will get them home. I mean, you look at the two teams on paper, and it's evident, in my opinion, that New South Wales have the stronger team, and they showed it on Sunday night for sure. I mean, as I mentioned, I wasn't happy with the first half ever. The second half was a lot better for New South Wales, but take nothing away from Queensland's game one performance. They were dominant in that game. They probably should have won by more than six points, but New South Wales provided a performance that was probably reminiscent to the 2021 State of Origin series in how good they were um, in, you know, just maintaining a lot of Queensland's threats. Guys like Harry Grant and Caelan Ponga, Ben Hunt, they all had quiet games. DCE, Munster, couldn't get contained with the form he's in, but I feel like the Blues just did a really good job shutting down Queensland's danger, man. Their forwards couldn't make any um, momentum, couldn't get any momentum in the game and couldn't make those meters that the Queensland playmakers needed to get into action, and they just struggled all game as a result of it. So it'll be interesting how game three goes. Do not discredit and discount the Queensland Maroons team, especially when you look at the history of what they've done in State of Origin. And, you know, in all the deciders in the history of State of Origin, 
at Suncourt Stadium. The Blues have only won two of them. I think it's like a two out of nine record. The only times they've done it in their history is the 1994 decider, which had some, you know, some of the greatest players to ever play the game. Characters like um, Tim Brasher and, and Paul Harrigan, Glenn Lazarus, Laurie Daly, Ricky Stewart. Those guys were at the prime of their careers. And in 2005, it took Andrew Johns coming back and playing some inspired football to get New South Wales over the line to win game two and then game three in Suncorp, that decider. So it's been a long time between drinks for New South Wales. Obviously, they won all three, uh, well, the first two games out of State of Origin last year up there at Suncorp. But to win a decider, it's going to be a different intensity. I expect the Queensland public to get out and really support this Maroons team that, you know, fought so hard in Sydney. And as I mentioned, they were just outplayed in game two. I don't think it was a lack of effort. They lost in that game, but uh, I expect a big response from Queensland and Billy Slater and his whole Queensland coaching contingency, guys like Jonathan Thurston, um, Josh Henney and Cameron Smith, and Al Langer as well, um, just legends of the game to really have their team fired up and ready to go um, in game three in two and a half weeks' time. So, you know, as I mentioned, it, I, I, I Feel, feel like the game was definitely an NRL-paced game and the quality of football, you know, was there, but it just didn't have that intensity of a usual origin encounter. But after those initial, you know, couple of missed opportunities by the Blues where they will getting each other's way in attack and Queensland were making the most of their opportunities because of some poor New South Wales defence. When the Blues got it together, they showed their fully talent, uh, footy talent and, you know, nine times out of ten, if you're comparing these two teams on paper, the Blues have the advantage. So... It's going to be very interesting, as I mentioned, that home ground. It's probably worth 12 to 14 points. And I'll never forget, as a diehard New South Wales Blues supporter, being so confident after Game 2 of the 2011 series. I believe Jamie Seward and Jimmy Maloney really dominated that game, and the Blues were looking the goods. And then um, and then they went up to Suncorp in Game 3 that year, and it was 30-0 to Queensland after 25 minutes. It was just relentless stuff. So... The Blues need to look out for an ambush. I don't think Queensland will make wholesale changes to their team, and I think the Blues will pretty much stick with majority of the same 17 they had um, running around, but it's going to be a great contest in Game 3 of State of Origin for sure. And, you know, you've also got that added element of uh, Latrell Mitchell and Jack, Jack Wyden both being fit and available Game 3, and if Latrell can return successfully for the South Sydney Rabbitohs this weekend, it really creates a, you know, headache in terms of selections for Brad Fitland, what he does in those two center positions. Does Crichton keeps his spot? I don't know if Burden can be dropped because he was absolutely outstanding. You can't drop him after, you know, one of the best um, debuts in Origin history. And to be honest, he kind of reminded me of a young Matt Gidley getting around out there in Game 2 of State of Origin. Obviously, Gidley didn't have the playmaking spark and the prowess in terms of his kicking game. But what Matt Gidley did was create a lot of spark on those outside edges for the Blues in the early 2000s, and I see something extremely similar in Matt Burden. So, you know, for me, it's Crichton that goes out, widen all Latrell slot in there, and then, you know, if it is Latrell, if they do decide to make Latrell, you can always, you know, potentially change either Abby Chorus out or Talakai and, and put, you know, Jack Wyden potentially on the bench. But the Blues have a lot of options. Queensland have always had, you know, the less player pool to work with in terms of changes in origin. But I expect Billy Slater to stick pretty strong with the 17 that he chose. There might be a couple of um, small positional changes. I don't know if Murray Talungi was strong enough to keep his position. I think Selon Cobbo is under a little bit of pressure. So the wingers, especially with Cole Felton, Corey Oates, 
you know, Felt's about to be fit again, and Corey Oates has been tearing the house down all season. Um, added with them the hammer, they've got some outside back stocks, Queensland, that they could potentially look into to, um, you know, negate and try to limit the effects that Tupo and Toe and those outside backs of the Blues have in the game. And then they also, you know, have some other recruits in that 22-man squad that could provide a little bit more grunt um, in the forward pack that they probably were lacking, especially from the bench last night. But, um, you know, as I mentioned, I'm sure Queensland will strike back. And that basically was my recap of State of Origin 2. We're now going to get into the games this weekend. And that's right, NRL is back for its full weekend of footy with all the stars available for the first time in several weeks. I'm excited for it. Which players will back up in State of Origin uh, after State of Origin? Which players won't back up after State of Origin? The team list have dropped, so we'll get into them shortly. But before we do, please remember to like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. Subscribe, like, and share wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcast. The podcast is available at all major streaming platforms, including Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. All right, thank you guys for your support all throughout the year. It's been another successful year of the podcast. I really enjoy talking football with you guys. If people are new and haven't listened to the podcast before, I'm no expert of the game. I'm just a massive fan that really enjoys talking about the game and breaking down, um, you know, small elements of games that some other people might not. So, all right, let's get into my weekend predictions and the action all kicks off on Thursday night. And round 16 kicks off from Four Pines Park, as I mentioned at 7.50 on Thursday night when the Manly Seagulls host the Melbourne Storm. These two teams have versed a Thursday night game extremely recently. I think it was only about a month and a little bit ago. And Melbourne were big winners in that game, 28-8 to back in round 12 just before the first Origin match. And it's going to be a little bit different this time because Melbourne, they've got some concerns in terms of injury. Cameron Munster surprisingly has been named for this contest despite being severed out from a shoulder injury, I believe it was, that he picked up in Origin 2. There will be no doubt, in my opinion, about his availability for Origin 3. He will be there for Queensland. But I think that uh, that Craig Bellamy has high hopes naming in the you know initial 17 here this afternoon. I think it's extremely unlikely he'll play, and I would bet that someone like Tyron Wishart will come into the 17, unless Ryan Papperhausen, who has been named in the 19 jersey, comes back from injury um, and COVID-related issues and plays his first game in a significant amount of time. Also, after the storm this week, we've got Felice Cafusi. He's gone to the USA because I believe he's uh, one of his family members. I think it might be his father is extremely unwell, so he's going to visit him uh, and is out due to compassionate reasons, obviously. So it'll be interesting to see what exactly the Storm look like when they run out on Thursday night, their 1-17 to lineup. The rest of the Origin players have been named to back up, including Harry Grant, um, which will help them, no doubt. They're versus a Manly Seagull side that, you know, they're plodding along, and they've named both their Origin stars in Cherry Evans and Jace Rorovich to back up, but they're a team that's plodding along near the top eight. They're currently in 10th spot with seven wins and eight losses. They were on top of that game two weekends ago against the North Queensland Cowboys before the Cowboys scored three tries in eight minutes. And, you know, that loss could potentially cost merely their season. They need a huge response this weekend if they're going to stay in touch with the top eight. It doesn't get any easier because, obviously, they're versing the Melbourne Storm. And I think it's safe to say that the Storm haven't been their best this season. But in games against Manly, particularly when you look at these two teams and the giant rivalry they've had over the last 10 to 15 years in the NRL, the Storm are usually at their very best. So Manly are going to have to 
be able to match that. And they've still got a few outs. Obviously, Tommy Turbo's gone for the year. Ben Trojevic still hasn't come back as well. Their outside backs still appear a little bit thin for me. And Josh Alloway won't be there as well. And he's been in good form this year. He's out due to concussion that he um, suffered last week in the international game that he played in. So, you know, um, if Melbourne's forward, uh, Melbourne Stars, um, Munster and and Pappenhausen aren't in this game, it evens up a little bit. But you've still got to be on Melbourne. It's safe to say that they haven't played the, the football that we're used to Melbourne playing for the majority of this season. But what Melbourne have done for the majority of the season, despite not playing terrific football, they're getting wins to the point where, you know, they're cruising in second place on the ladder. They're looking like they're going to be certain top four finalists and really they're two points ahead of third and, and four points away from fourth. So um, who knows if Penrith can drop a couple of games, that puts Melbourne right back into calculations for the minor premiership. And even if they don't, I don't think Bellamy will be too worried about that. He's going to be worried about getting these players right for finals time. And like any good coach, and you know, I think the difference this year is that we're used to Melbourne always performing at that high standard, that high level. But once you become an experienced coach in the NRL, it seems guys like Martin Lang and, and Tim Sheens in the past and Wayne Bennett and what he was able to do for South Sydney and so many other clubs during his coaching run. And, you know, who knows how we go at the Dolphins next year. But one thing that Wayne Bennett mastered in particular was timing your run so you can play your best football at the right time of the year. And I think that's what Melbourne are aiming for this year. Um, obviously, they've had injury concerns and, and, and form issues as well. And, you know, a lot of their players are... Young players, especially their bench, and with guys like the Bromwich brothers and Felice Kafusi, um, you know, all moving on next year. I feel like these guys are getting a good taste of first grade, they're starting to get some experience. And as long as Craig Bellamy is seeing that improvement week to week, I don't think he'll be totally worried about uh, where they're sitting in this competition race with you know two months of the regular season left. Melbourne, as I mentioned, they're cruising along, mainly it's a must win game. For mainly to match Melbourne in this game, you've got to think their forwards have to be at their very best. The Fort Coker was outstanding for them in that game two weeks ago against the Cowboys. He's going to have to have good service from dummy half, and whoever's in the middle of the field, the big boys like Sipley and Cappy, are going to have to watch Harry Grant, who was unusually quiet in game two. I expect a big bounce back from him. I expect he'll have a man in the match performance, and you know, for Manly to win, their forward is going to have to be at their best, but I think that the experience of Melbourne will get them over the line on Thursday night, and I've got Melbourne winning this game by 16 points, and to be honest, with how I judge these two teams in my head, that's been generous to Manly because, um, as I mentioned, they played good against the Cowboys, but I think that might that performance that we saw two weeks ago might be the best of what Manly has left for the rest of this season, and that 2022 might start to become a little bit of a write-off if they lose this week, and their finals hope get dashed even further. It doesn't get easier for them after this week either because after the buy that they do, so they get the 10 points, it'll help them. They've got the Knights and the Dragons and those two games might, you might think, well, they're two winnable games for me only, but you put enough pressure on a side and they're going to start to feel that sting of that pressure and when those games become must-win like they will if they lose to the Storm this weekend, the pressure starts to get um, to some of these teams around that 7th to 11th mark. So, mainly at need a huge performance this week. Let's not understate that if they're going to stay in this top, rate, uh, top, eight rate, top 8 race for the next two months. And I just think the Storm are going to be too good for them. On the back of Harry Grant, Jerome Hughes, all the stars there, especially if Pavahousen plays, I feel like uh, mainly I'm in for a real 
Long night in front of their home fans. Up there at four pines, I've got Melbourne by 16. Friday Night Football kicks off with a game that doesn't have much repercussion from the State of Origin period. It's the Newcastle Knights versus the Gold Coast Titans. For the Titans, they don't really have anyone, I, I don't believe, who played in the State of Origin games. And they do welcome back David Fafita on the bench this week. But they obviously find themselves lingering in bottom position of the Telstra Premiership ladder. They um, have had a disastrous season and they were competitive in that first half against Cronulla two weekends ago. But... Ultimately, it's a season to forget for them, and a lot of fans, including uh, our very own Matt Dupont, who's been a part of this show numerous times, he's a diehard fan of the Gold Coast Titans, they're calling for Justin Holbrook's head. They need a big performance if, you know, the organisation can be convinced not to put the cleaners through this squad because they have not performed to their potential. Sexton's had no help in his first four years as a first grader. He's partner of Paul Turner this year, and I just don't know where the Gold Coast Titan organisation looks like moving forward from this point. They're in a disastrous point in their history, and I think that their pain might continue um, for the rest of the season. To be honest, I don't know how many wins this Gold Coast Titans team has left in them. They're versing a Newcastle Knights side this week that, you know, they weren't bad against the Raiders either. They came back in the second half after a poor first-half effort, and, um, you know, they're in the lead and somehow lost that game with a minute left. Elliot Whitehead scored a try um, to... To defeat them two weekends ago. They're without their star player and their captain in Caelan Ponga this week. Tex Hoy will play fullback. Their half combination is still the same of Milford and Adam Clune. But let's be honest, if there's ever been a six o'clock Friday game, this is it. The Newcastle Knights versus the Titans. Two teams that probably can't make the finals in 2022. And um, I'm going to tip the Knights just because I think the Newcastle are playing better football than Gold Coast at the moment. And for Gold Coast, I just get this feeling, even with Fafita back this week, and um, I did forget, obviously, Big Tino was in the Origin Arena for Queensland as well. I just feel like they're at a point where they've just given up and they're looking for next year, and I just don't know how Justin Holbrook gets them back to the winner's circle. Um, this is potentially a battle of the wooden spoon because Newcastle only have four wins to their name as well. But despite that, I just feel like Newcastle are playing a better brand of football at the moment. Um and with their injury concerns that they had at the start of the year, the last few weeks they've gotten, you know, Frizzell back on deck, Daniel Saifidi's back this week, Kurt Mann's back. Um, they're starting to get a little bit more confident. Milford's, you know, back on board as well in, in his first stint with them, and Gagai's come back from injury, and he's, he's part of the Origin Arena as well. So um, I just feel like Newcastle playing a little bit more confidence at the moment despite not having many wins to their name, and... At the moment, Gold Coast are just finding ways to lose games. So I'm going to tip the Knights by eight points. But honestly, who knows um, and who cares in this 6 o'clock Friday game? The main event of Friday Night Football shapes up to be an epic in Keanu. It's the Penrith Panthers versus the Sydney Roosters from Bluebet Stadium up there in Penrith. And the Panthers had 16 out of their 17 players by my count involved in representative games last weekend. And guess what? Ivan Cleary's name to every single one of them to back up in this game. Will they back up? That remains to be seen. I don't know if I'd be risking Cleary after, you know, one of the best individual origin performances I can remember in an extremely long time. It was up there with Andrew Johns' star-making performances back in 2005. Just to cover, they've got guys like Eisenhuff, Sean O'Sullivan, and Robin Jennings all not in the... Um, Final 17. So if they do feel like resting some stars, they've got some cover there. They're versing a Rooster side that desperately need to win themselves. They find themselves in ninth place out of the top eight for the first time in a number of seasons. The Dragons leapfrogged them 
back in round 15. So the pressure's on them to bounce back in this game and, you know, take the fight to the defending premiers in Penrith. I believe that these two played not so long ago as well, and Penrith started that game off well. I believe it was a real grind in the first half. Um, I think it might have been back in round 11. Um, the Panthers scored their first try in the 28th minute, which was the first try of the game, and then went on and scored three in the first half to take it out, you know, to a commanding lead for Penrith. They won that game 32-12 to back in round 11, but the Roosters were right in the fight. Unfortunately, since then, their chief playmaker, Luke Keery, um, has gone down with concussion-related issues again. He's been rested this week, but they are boosted by the return of Victor Radley. Their star-making lock is back in action. Farrell came back, Farrell's came back in round 16 as well. Um, so, you know, they're looking like they're a better team than they were a month ago on paper. It's about producing those four, uh, those performances on the footy field. And Drew Hutchison and Sam Walker won't get any bigger test as the half combination versus Thirsting the defending premiers, the best team in the NRL by far at the moment, the Penrith Panthers. Um, and as I mentioned, the, the, the Roosters need this game. They'll be desperate for a win, and I expect them to put their best foot forward. But unfortunately, I don't think the Roosters' best foot is in the same class as the Panthers, um, you know, at 50%. So it's going to be the Panthers. It's going to be the Panthers by how much. I think the only chance that the Roosters have in this game, if, you know, the Panthers have a little bit of an origin hangover with six of their players in the New South Wales side and a lot of the other ones playing in those representative games, as I mentioned last week. But the Panthers just seem like they're a, a machine that just keeps, keeps going. Um, despite the circumstances, they, they find a way to win football games. They find a way to play their best brand of football. And I can't remember, and it might have been the Titans game two, three months ago that I saw a bad Panthers performance. And that might have been the only one all season um, that they were particularly poor in. So... Um, they've lost one game. How do you tip against them? I'm going to go to the Panthers um, by 18 points against a desperate Roosters team. They're going to fight, um, but I think the Panthers will get away late in the contest in the last 20 to 30 minutes, and um, and it could even be a similar situation to when they met in round 11 and they score a couple before half time to take the sails out of the Roosters. Um, but one way or the other, I think the Panthers will be too strong on Friday night against the Sydney Roosters. You guys know what time it is. It's time for my favorite time of the week. That's right. Super Saturday is back with free games that will satisfy your appetite. And the action all kicks off at 3 p.m. from Combank Stadium up there at Parramatta when the Canterbury Bulldogs host the Cronulla Sharks. And this is a real tough game to tip on paper for me. And a month ago, I'm not saying that. I'm saying Sharks are dominant winners. But since then, we've seen the turnaround of the Canterbury Bulldogs a huge victory over the Parramatta Eels three weeks ago, and then two weekends ago, they got it done against the Tigers. Now, are we overstating how good Canterbury are because they just beat the Tigers, and um, obviously Parramatta weren't at their best three weeks ago? Maybe. But I've also seen the Cronulla Sharks over the past month, and Cronulla are a team that started this competition, and they were red hot, and they were you know, looking the goods, and they were looking like they are going to be a top four chance, and to my prediction of them... Um, being a contender for this premiership looked like it was going to be spot on. And then I've seen the Cronulla Sharks side over the past month just kind of fall apart. And they've had some excuses. They've had Kennedy and Ramey in the out due to suspension. They've had injuries to men like Finucane. And, um, you know, obviously that has shook their confidence a little bit. And Nico Hines, um, you know, has had a huge season. And I think that we saw some effects of that exhaustion and how much he's taken on in his first season at the club um, in that Titans victory um, well, they win over the Titans two weekends ago, and 
Um, you know, I, I just feel like I'm, I saw two weeks ago a team that was ex- exhausted um, from a massive first half of the season and a team that's really struggling to get any momentum, especially with the football in hand. Um, however, in saying all of that, they have had the week off. They're going to be, you know, rejuvenated. They're going to be ready to get back into action. Talakai, would it, you know, I'm sure he would not be thinking back on it now, but that taste of origin, that 15 minutes that he got on the field, I'm sure that will, you know, put a desire in him to get back in the team for game three because who knows if his position's safe. I think he's going to be out to have a big performance over his opposite numbers, um, which I believe he might be aiming up against Aaron Shoup, who's notable for being a, a pretty decent defender, but expect Talakai to be fired up for this contest. And I think the Sharks... We're going to see probably the most impressive Cronulla side we've seen in a long time. In saying that, confidence is a funny thing in any the NRL. And, you know, the Bulldogs have looked like a different team under Mick Potter. And they know they lost their first week under him. But I just feel like he has been able to get the most out of some of these playmakers, in particular Matt Burden, who's, you know, has just risen to another level this last month. And coming out of that Origin debut on Sunday night, he's just... He's a player, as Buzz Rothfield said on NRL 360, that could potentially, you know, test his value in the open market, which he said that he is going to do, and he's not going to, you know, activate his player option for the Bulldogs. It doesn't mean he won't stay there, but it means he's going to test his market value, and he's a player that could attract almost up to a million dollars because he's got a great kicking game um, in terms of getting the ball high, and um, you know, we can we've seen in Origin now how much of an X factor he can be. It's about doing it. Like, for a consistent amount of time in the NRL and, you know, the Bulldogs are a struggling club and to see him and his combination with Josh Adokar and, um, you know, just the little things he does in games and how he's standing out in such a, um, you know, team that's really struggled this season just speaks, you know, volumes about the character of, of Matt Burden and I feel like the general players are getting around him, Jake Avarillo isn't a traditional fullback, but he played really well in that game against the Tigers, and I feel like some of these young forwards, guys like Max King is starting to play a really nice brand of football. Uh, Fatilla Marin has been really good since he's come back into the uh, first grade rugby league system, and guys like so- Docker Clay and Morin on the bench are actually being different makers. Um, the energy that these kids are, are providing and, and the spark that they provide to the Bulldogs attack when they come on um, is invaluable. So I think that the Bulldogs are a huge chance this week of causing a massive upset. Cronulla, as I mentioned, they'll be rejuvenated. They've got Dalfinukin back on board now. The suspensions are over, and I expect them to be the best they've been in quite a number of time. But in front of their home fans, I actually am leaning towards the Bulldogs for an upset to win their third game in a, in a, thing that, in a stat that I don't think they've done since 2019 or 2018. Um, I just feel, as I said, they're playing with confidence. Confidence is a funny thing. They can keep getting a couple more wins on the board it really creates um, this momentum that can see them end the season really strong and then in 2023 potentially come back and be finals contenders. And, you know, Mick Potter is enjoying his time as interim coach there. If they keep winning, Mick Potter could get a full-time contract in the NRL as head coach for 2023 if he wants it. So um, I'm just really impressed with what I'm seeing and the bounce back that I've seen from the Bulldogs. I might be overrating their ability considering they've only been the Eels who are obviously off and the but they didn't let the Eels play good at the same time. Uh, and a you know disastrous and awful West Tigers team. But for mine, 
I've got the Bulldogs are a bit upset. I'm going to go to the Bulldogs by four points, and I think it could be one of the sleeper games of the week because I think Cronulla will show up and um, be right in the thick of things. But I like um, the culture that Mick Potter is currently building at the Bulldogs, and I see positive signs ahead if they continue um, you know, and persist with Mick Potter as a, as a coach that could make an impact on this Bulldogs organization in the next few years. The next game is the simply put the battle for Queensland. It's a, a match, and these two clubs have had so many classic encounters against each other. From Queensland Country Bank Stadium at 5:30 p.m., the North Queensland Cowboys versus the Brisbane Broncos, and both of these teams were, you know, cellar dwellers in the 2021 season. And both of these teams have been so impressive in 2022. The Cowboys. The surprise packages of the year, without a doubt, but the Broncos not far behind them either. And, um, you know, the Cowboys weren't great two weeks in, weekends ago against Manly, but they found a way to win. Likewise, the Broncos were, if you had a few of their stars and were very competitive in a loss against the Storm, one point they, they had the lead in hand. So I feel like both these teams uh, have really overachieved this year. Um, Payne Haas is a significant doubt for the Brisbane Broncos, but they are boosted by the return of Adam Reynolds, their inspirational captain. I think that him and Ezra Marm, it would be good to see them play some more football together because Ezra has been extremely impressive since entering the first grade side. For the Cowboys, Kyle Feltz in the reserves. So is Tom Gilbert. They both are prepping for a return to the top grade also. I think there's going to be a blockbuster like all these other blockbusters between these two teams. You look at the history of these clubs playing each other, especially over the last five to ten years. You've seen some great encounters from the grand final to extra timing finals. Just some great regular season clashes. And these two teams have a knack of bringing the best out of each other. Um, the Cowboys, they're just going to keep that momentum going. I think they had their worst performance of the year against Manly, but the fact that they got the two points, um, they will take the most out of that, especially it being their first win in New South Wales for almost a year. They're back at home this week. They love playing at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. It's a great stadium with a great atmosphere. And I think that oppositions find it really hard to win up there, to adapt to the conditions up there um, with the humidity. The Broncos, obviously, they're from Queensland, so they're kind of used to it. But, um, you know, going to Townsville um, is a little bit intimidating um, these days. And I think that the Broncos are, are going to be up for it in this contest. I think that, you know, they're... They want to keep testing themselves. They, were, as I mentioned, they were in the trenches fighting in that game against the Storm. They tried their asses off. And for mine, the team that gets the advantage with the forward pack and the team that can win that early forward pack battle um, is going to carry a lot of momentum and score some all early points and might be a little bit hard to track down for the opposition. We're looking at you know matchups like Haas, Jensen, Capewell, Carrigan versus Gilbert, Nenai Tamalolo, Reese Robson. Um, Cohen Hess, the list goes on and on. I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be probably the match of the weekend. And really, it's a toss of the coin match between these two teams. You And I will lean towards the Cowboys just from what I've seen this year. The Broncos are a team that I think has really overachieved. I think Kevin Walters have a really good spot in terms of rebuilding their club and their culture after this disastrous couple of seasons. And I think that as this young forward pack gets a little bit more experienced, they're going to be a top four threat, especially in 2023. And, you know, who knows? This year they could do some damage in the finals. But the Cowboys just seem a little bit more along that path at the moment. They've got a bunch of young forwards as well. But, you know, the leaders, um, the veterans, guys like Tamalolo, Townsend, 
um, Valentine Holmes. They're really leading this team around. And that momentum and that advantage that you get playing from Queensland Country Bank Stadium, it's leading me to tip towards the Cowboys. And I'm actually going to go to the Cowboys in this contest to win by eight points. But I think it might be uh, the match of the week and one of the matches of the year, to be honest. I'm really excited for 5.30 on Saturday night. And the final game of Super Saturday kicks off at 7.35pm from McCaw Stadium when the South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the Parramatta Eels. The Eels uh, is been a rocky road, to say the least, in 2022. They beat teams like Penrith and Melbourne, the premiership favourites, and then lose to teams like the Bulldogs. To their credit, in round 15, two weeks ago, they did bounce back with a very good victory over the Sydney Roosters, and it was one of the most entertaining games of the season. It was good to see Sevo. Um, score a try after your returning a couple of weekends ago, and I think that Moses and Dylan Brown played their best games in a significant period of time. Same with Guffo. It was good to see their big guns fire. South Sydney, on the other hand, what do I say about the Rabbitohs? I was there at Wynn Stadium. I'm a massive South Sydney fan, for those that don't know. I was there at Wynn Stadium with my mate, good mate, Matt Cosaru, who's a uh, diehard Dragons fan. He's been on this podcast more than anyone other than me. Um, and... Let's just say I was going into that game very confident. I thought there was no chance the Rabbitohs were going to lose, especially considering how good of a record they've got over St. George. And after 25 minutes, it was 32-0 to the Dragons. It was humiliating. Um, Lachlan Lillius only lasted 28 minutes before he got subbed off. It was an absolute pathetic performance by Seattle in that first half. And after that point, they won the rest of the game 12-0. But I have not seen a more vulnerable Seattle Sydney side since 2016-17, um, when things really started to go wrong under Michael Maguire. And, you know, definitely I didn't see it at all um, in the Wayne Bennett era. Even when we were getting flogged last year in games where we can set at 50 against Penrith and Melbourne, that was against high-quality opposition. And I'm not taking anyway, anything away from St. George. They played really good footy um, two Thursdays ago at Wynn Stadium, but they're not the heavyweights like, like those two teams are. And... CFs have to ask themselves some serious questions about what team they want to be for the rest of the year because if you look at the run home, the Rabbitohs have a run harder than anyone else. They play the Storm, they play the Panthers, they play the Cowboys, they play the Eels twice, they play Cronulla, and they play the Roosters. They play pretty much every every heavyweight in this competition and they find themselves in seventh with eight wins and eight, I believe it's, what is it, sorry, seven wins and seven losses at this point of the season. And... um. There's teams like Canberra, the Roosters, Manly that are all circling for top eight, eight spots at the moment, and CFC don't have to play their best. Um, if there are any chance of, you know, they have to keep getting better. If there are any chance of making the finals this year, it's as simple as that. You can go from grand finalists to missing the top eight very easily in this competition, and CFs have kind of been resting on their laurels. Their halves haven't been performing. Their forward pack hasn't really given them much of a platform, and Ilias and Walker just isn't working. So. Imagine my shock when I look at the team list at four o'clock and I see that Ilias has been named despite being so, um, you know, sent after 28 minutes from the field by coach Jason Demetrio. I knew that Demetrio after the game said he's going to stick loyal with um, Ilias, but for mine, you've got a guy like Blake Taff who tries his ass off every time he's on the field. He doesn't even find himself in the 17 this week. That is an extremely questionable decision if you ask me, and I think that Ilias... Could be a potential star in the NRL in the future, but I don't know if he's first grade ready at this point. In good news for South, Latrell Mitchell finds himself back at the team for fullback, and I think that South are a completely different team when he's on the field. I think he helps Cody's game. He makes Cody more confident, 
uh, confident. I think that we'll seeing, um, starting to see some good signs from the Rabbitohs between round three and five when Latrell came back. They beat the Roosters. They beat the Dragons. Can't remember who they played in round four, but I'm pretty sure it was a win as well. Um, so, you know, they started at the find their groove. They have to rebuild that combination now, and shifting Campbell Graham out to that LinkedIn tie with Johnson just makes that side a very destructive side. It's one that Parramatta are going to have to watch if they're going to get over to see us this weekend. Um, but, yeah, the Rabbitohs really need to get a move on. They need to build their combinations. Cook and Murray, I expect, to back up from Origin because they need them to this week. And, you know, Murray took a head knock um, in the 20 minutes, but he came back and had a good game for New South Wales. And um, I just feel like this is the time for see us. They're ever going to show up and make an impact on, on the rest of this season. It's now. They have to be Parramatta. It's a must-win for the Rabbitohs. If they don't, I think they're missing the finals. And um, for the Eels... These are games where they need to win because they need to be taking some momentum into the finals. They have, a, I believe, a really bad record against South Sydney and they can beat the heavyweights of this competition and then lose the next week. And I don't think I'd consider the Rabbitohs a heavyweight in this competition at all based on what we've seen this year. And, um, you know, the Eels, you never know what Eels side you're going to get. I'm sure they'll be competitive like they always are in games, but are they going to be the side that, you know, got flogged by the Bulldogs, or are they going to be the side that beat the Panthers and Storm? You never know. You just got to hope that um, Regan Campbell-Gillard, after being dropped from Origin, will step up. Him and Paulo will lay a platform, um, and I don't know if CS have that that power in the forward pack to limit their metres. Um, you know, obviously, Cam Murray's going to be trying to shut them down, and for CS, their guys like Kaloa Matangi and that, and Kaloa Matangi and Jai Arrow really need to, you know, set the momentum in this game, and I think it will be back and forth. I'm going to tip South Sydney. I'm going to back my team. I think that Latrell is going to make a huge difference. But if we lose, I'm going to show faith here today. But I'm not confident. And if we lose, I'm going to ban myself from tipping the Rabbitohs in some of these big blockbuster contests coming out. But with Parramatta's inconsistency and South Sydney's, you know, just awful dip in form at times in this season, um, I think they need a performance. As I mentioned, they need to win this game if they're going to make the finals. They lose this game. I don't think the Rabbitohs are playing finals football in September. So I'll tip the Rabbitohs based on faith, um, but they're in it for a real tough night if they can't complete the boy over 80%. They've struggled the handling all year, and if they do that, I think the Eels will make South Sydney pay. But we've seen Eels sides that have been motivated to uh, come out and put a big performance on in the past in this year. And, you know, South have got to be at their best. Um, and if they can start the game early, I think it might deter Parramatta a little bit and... Parramatta might go back in their shells. So I'm going to tip CRC into like two points, but I think that, as I mentioned, the Eels want this win. South Sydney need it. Sunday afternoon, football kicks off from 2pm when the New Zealand Warriors versus the West Tigers in another potential battle for the Wooden Spoon. But what elevates this game from, you know, just a car wreck to watch is that the fact that the Warriors are returning to New Zealand for the first time since 2019, for the first time in the history of this show. Steve's NRL footy tips has been going for three years, and I've never predicted a game where the Warriors are playing at Mount Smart Stadium. So I'm excited for all the Warriors fans, everyone in New Zealand, that you're going to get some rugby league for the first time um, in two and a half years in terms of NRL. So um, in terms of the actual contest, you expect the Warriors to come out and win this game in front of their home crowd. They're never going to have a bigger reason to show up in a game in their lives. It's been a very tough couple of years away from their family. They get to celebrate um, with their home fans that they survived it, but 
they're not going to be celebrating much else because it's been a disastrous sort of a year, a season for them. Um, I mean, they have welcomed back guys like Ewan Aiken and Terry Harris in the last few weeks, but it hasn't seemed to improve their performances at all. Volkman has been put in by Stacey Jones, who's the um, interim coach for the rest of the season. Over the last few weeks, it's 5-8, as the Warriors look to prepare for their future. But their big signing this year was Sean Johnson returning back to the club, and maybe returning to New Zealand will help his game a little bit. But he's on the verge of being dropped to reserve grade. This might be his final chance in that Warriors jersey. And um, their opposition, the Tigers, they've won three games this year. If they hadn't had a bye, they might find themselves in the bottom of the ladder over the Gold Coast Titans. Um, it's been a disaster of a year, obviously, Brett Kamali. It's the battle of the interim coaches this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. And I've heard rumours, and I think everybody has, that Luke Brooks is on the verge of being dropped as well. And he needs a big performance to keep his spot in the team, especially if Adam Dewey fitting on the bench. And um, I mean, what do you say about these two teams? They are very inconsistent. They're not high-completion rate sides. They struggle to kind of gain any momentum in a game. They they clock off. This game could be an absolute disaster, but as I mentioned, the only thing avoiding the train wreck is the fact that it's at New Zealand. The Warriors really get to um, hopefully bring out their best in front of their home crowd, which they haven't played in front of for years. And, you know, the Tigers, if I'm Brett Kamali, I'm going to have these guys up to ruin... Um, the Warriors homecoming and, and have them fired up and ready to go but the coaches can do all their talking it depends on what we see on the field and this year all we've seen by these two teams is awful um, is awful football I'm going to tip the Warriors because they're at home and I hope they win because I think it's one of the feel good stories of the NRL and their sacrifices have kept rugby league going for the last few years and honestly their fans deserve something to cheer about because they haven't had much to cheer about all year and let's be honest the Tigers fans are, are used to disappointment and this won't really deter them if they're still Tigers fans after these last 10 years nothing's going to deter them from being a Tigers fan in the future so I've got the Warriors by by 14 why not but knowing that I just said that the Tigers will probably win by 20 now and the final game of the round takes place in Wollongong at Wynn Stadium at 4 p.m on Sunday afternoon the Dragons host the Canberra Raiders the Dragons big winners over South Sydney back in round 15 for the Raiders, they got a last-minute win over the Newcastle Knights. Both of these teams find themselves in position to steal a final spot. The Dragons in the eighth, the Canberra Raiders back at 11th. And in my opinion, it's a battle for the top eight because the Roosters and Manly both got tough contests this week. And the Raiders have better for and against than the Dragons, but find themselves two points below the Dragons um, on this competition ladder at the moment. So if the Raiders can beat the Dragons Sunday afternoon... They'll propel into the top eight, and if the Dragons win, well, they will definitely cement their top eight spot for a while and could even surpass and take over the South Sydney Rabbitohs on the ladder. So, huge game for both teams. The Dragons um, showed their best performance all year in round 16. They really just outplayed the Rabbitohs in every area in that half an hour. The only concerning thing, despite scoring all those tries and being very impressive, is they didn't score a point after the 30-minute mark, and... um, if I'm Anthony Griffin, I'm probably not impressed by that last 50 minutes, but they well and truly did enough to win the game. And if you're winning 32-0 after half an hour every week, I think you'll be pretty happy if you're a coach. Um, the Raiders, well, Ricky Stewart wouldn't be happy with that fade. They've got the nickname the Faders for a reason because 
having total control in the first half against the Knights two week again, two weekends ago, and they uh, they almost lost the game. It took an Elliot Whitehead try in that last minute to to get the Raiders over the line in that contest, and they welcome back uh, Chance Nickel Clodstack back on the bench this week. Widens back in after overcoming. Um, COVID that made him miss Origin too. So I'm expecting a big physical battle by both these teams. Both these teams will be desperate for the win um, with a top eight position on the line. Win Stadium's been a pretty good ground for the Dragons over their history. I think they're two and one there this season. So they've got a positive winning record. They're going to be out for a big performance in front of their home crowd. And, um, you know, they had a reason to, to step up two weekends ago to celebrate McCulloch's 300th game. This week, they've got to be fighting for their season. They need the same intensity they brought to that Rabbitohs game, and if they do that, I think they get over the top of the Raiders, but the Raiders are a team that I think uh, they know what they're capable of. They're just extremely inconsistent at doing it. Joseph tarpany has been leading this side, and I think that if he can, um, you know, Really light a fire under the rest of this Raiders forward pack. Papa Lee, who's backing up for Origin. Um, Hudson Young, who's been playing well this season. Adam Elliott, who's been a VAU of them as well. I think that they can really take it to the Dragons forwards, and I think I'd give them the edge in that battle. And if they do that, it comes down to the, um, you know, the X factor of guys like Wyden and Fogarty and how good they are controlling the game. Obviously, Ben Hunt is the Dalian player of the year at this point of the season. He's been remarkable for the Dragons. And every time the Dragons win, he finds himself the man of the match. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what to, to think about this game. I think the Raiders' forwards might be a little bit better, but I think the Dragons be playing a better style of football at the moment. I find this contest very evenly matched, and um, I think it's a toss of the coin who wins it, to be honest. I'm going to go... I t- see, I don't know. I'm going to go the Raiders, um, but with no confidence. I just feel like if both of these teams are playing their best brand of football, the Raiders um, are a team that, at least on paper, I think have the superior lineup. And I think that the difference in the two sides in their game management is that Wyden and Fogarty are, de- are both different makers for uh, for Canberra. And I think Ben Hunt, a lot of time, does it all alone. Amone was really good um, in that game against the Rabbitohs two weekends ago, but still in his first grade in first first full year in first grade, um, very inconsistent, and I just think that Canberra just might have a little bit too much uh, for the Dragons at Win Stadium on Sunday. I've got the Raiders by one, but it's really a toss of the coin game to end round 16, and really it's going to have a huge impact on the top eight battle at the end of the season. All right, that is my preview for round 16. Those are my tips just to recap. On Thursday night, I've got the Storm being too strong for the Manly Seagulls. My Friday games have got Newcastle beating the Titans and the Panthers continuing their fantastic form against the Sydney Roosters um, when they get the win there. Super Saturday, I've got the Bulldogs upsetting Cronulla. I've got the Cowboys winning the local derby against the Broncos and CF Sydney somehow upsetting the Parramatta Eels. I'm still confused about why I tipped the Rabbitohs myself. On the Sunday games, I've gone to Warriors. Finally getting a win on the board after returning home for the first time in three years against the West Tigers. And I've got the Raiders just in an absolute thriller getting over the top of the Dragons at Wynn Stadium. Those are my tips for round 16. If we go over to my bet of the week, I feel like there's tremendous value this week in um, the Cowboys 1-12. I feel like both of these teams, regardless who you think you're going to win this game, uh, are teams that really step up against each other. It's one of the, you know, the most celebrated rivalries in rugby league after that 2015 grand final. And um, I like the Cowboys 1-12 at 260 against the Broncos. 
I also think you can get about 2 250 if you look at either team um, by 6 points or less in this contest. I think it's going to be an extremely close one. If I'm going another bet of the week, I'm going to go a try-scorer, and I think that um, the Fox can continue his try-scoring record um, that he's been able to tally um, You know, since he really started scoring him at the midway point of this season after struggling for the first half of the year. I think he's got a try in him against the... Um, Against the Sharks, he might even have a double in him against the Sharks. But at the moment, you can get pretty good value on him just scoring a try um, against Cronulla. Josh Adokar, $2.03. Double your money. I like that a lot against Cronulla. So those are my tips of the week. I hope you enjoy your rugby league action this weekend. Thanks always for supporting Steve's NRL Footy Tips. And I'll see you guys next week on the next edition of Steve's NRL Footy Tips. Enjoy your footy this weekend.